This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And there are those who are described in Luke 8.15, Luke 8.15 as, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So when the seed hits that ground, it's almost like the seed cries out. The seed itself cries out, yes, I finally found my good ground. I found the ground that receives me, not like the roadway ground. I found the ground that lets me take root, not like the rocky soil. I found the ground that won't choke me like thorny ground. I found the ground that I was made for. And the Lord is thinking about these four types of people, these four types of hearers of his words. And he wants something. You can see it in him. You can feel it. He's anxious. He wants something to explain a cause for why his gospel succeeds in some and why his gospel fails in others. He needs a symbol, he needs an image, he needs an analogy to explain why the gospel fails and exceeds. And so you can see this in him that when it comes to him, he gets so excited, he gets so excited, he's found his image, he's found his similitude, he's found his analogy, and he announces that he found it with like a trumpet blast of behold, he says. Beholds is like a trumpet call for everybody. Put everything else out of your head. Get ready to listen to, think through, meditate, and search for what God's saying to you. He's so excited. He says, behold. It was like when Paul Simon called up Art Garfunkel after he wrote the song Sounds of Silence, and he called him up. He was at Columbia University, and he says, you got to come over right now. I've just written my most important song. Anyway, so Art Garfunkel, so Paul Simon calls up Art Garfunkel. He says, I just wrote my most important song. You got to come right over. He comes over. So the Lord is just in this position here. He's just said, I just got this great analogy. You got to listen. Behold, he says, he's so excited. 
And so he's there on the shore of uh, Galilee, and it's the ground around the Lake of Galilee, and, and if you've been there, it kind of descends down in certain parts to the shore, kind of like uh, gentle hillsides coming down, and it's planted, planted with grain. So, you know, kind of in our mind's eyes, we're kind of visualizing the scene here. We can picture the Lord, he's there in this boat on the shore there, and he's, his eyes are kind of looked up on the hillsides there, and he, he sees these fields of grain. And as he does, we can picture the Lord as he sees in his mind, he sees a sower flinging out the seeds into his seed patch. And he sees roads that are going through those fields in his mind's eyes. And he sees birds. Yeah, birds. He's very smart birds. You see, these birds are very smart, by the way. Anyways, he sees them following the sower and the seed. You know, just like uh, down in Loretto, we have these massive turkey vultures. You know, these wingspans that are like five, six feet. These big, giant things, you know. They're very interesting, the turkey vultures of Loretto. Uh, when we go fishing in, in Loretto, it's not allowed, the government does not allow anyone to clean their fish on the boat. They don't want the carcasses in the water and all that. So we are required by law to do our fish cleaning, you know, gutting and filling and all the car carcasses on land. And so we clean the fish, you know, it's like, what do you do with those carcasses? Because I can tell you, because Joseph one time put it in the trash, you've never smelt a smell like that before after a few days, it's the heat and everything, it's awful. So, you know, you put them in a bag, a plastic bag, and you seal it up, you know, and then you drive not very far off into the desert and you dump it out there, yeah. So, you know, we carry the, the black sealed up plastic bag out of the house, put it in the back of the truck, and then we head for the desert to jump the fish carcasses. So, you know, we, we've driven out to the desert before and, you know, without a fish bag in the back of the truck and the turkey vultures never follow us, you know. But this time, when you do this with the truck and the black bag in the back of the truck, you've got a whole flock of turkey vultures that are flying over the back of the truck there following you because maybe there's 10 of them. That's kind of a lot. And they're following you because they know you're going to dump that. They know what's in that bag. And they know you're going to dump it there in the desert. And they're going to be first down there to tear it apart. And in 30 minutes, you don't see any fish parts at all. They know. They know. The birds in verse 4, they know. They're just like the turkey vultures. They know when that sower with that big seed is going out and is hanging around his neck, the birds follow him because they know they're going to get seed. And so those Loretto turkey vultures are not disappointed when they follow the truck into the, into the desert there. And the Lord sees all this in his mind. He sees the birds and they're following the sower and they've set out, they've set out because they know they're not gonna be disappointed. And the Lord sees these birds and he speaks about those birds in verse three through four when he says, behold, a sower went forth to sow and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. And the Lord looks up on those fields and he sees some of those roads of the field and the Lord sees some people that are just like those hardened ground roads who don't give the seed of the word of God a chance. And meanwhile, the birds swoop in and take that good seed away in a very violent way. It says he uses the term, they devoured it up. And as the Lord thinks about why any seed could possibly have a chance to grow. 
The Lord lifts up his eyes. He sees these fruitful fields and he sees different ground. He sees soft ground, soft ground with ridges in it because it's been plowed and it's so different and it's ground that's ready to receive the seed and it's ground that, that almost, as soon as the seed hits it, it's almost like the ground just gobbles it up and covers it. It immediately protects the seed from the birds. That good ground is good because it covered the seed faster than the birds could grab the seed. And the Lord said, yes, that's it. There is a competition for the seed. The good ground is crying out for the seed like the souls are crying out for the word of God. The birds are, are, are also crying out for the same seed. They want it. And the good ground is crying out, you can't have it to the birds. I was made for this seed, and as soon as that seed hits my ground, I'm going to cover it from you, you mangy birds. You know, that's what the ground is saying. And the Lord sees that good ground quickly covering up the good seed, like souls so hungry for the word of God that as soon as they hear the word of God, they cover it up with what? With meditation and with thought, just like Mary did. In Luke 2.19, Luke 2.19, where it says, Mary kept all these saying things and pondered them in her heart. Another place it says in Luke 2.51, Luke 2.51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. She covered them up with prayer, with meditation, with thought. Mary knew that the word of God was precious seed and that there was a devil who was trying to snatch it away from her. And Mary said, no, you can't take that seed of the word away from me because I'm going to cover it in my heart. You can't take it, devil. That's Mary. And Mary wasn't alone in guarding the word of God from the devil. There were others that covered up the seed in their hearts. In Luke 1.66, all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, what manner of child is this? And the hand of the Lord was with them. And so they were there also, and they were saying, no, devil, you cannot take the word, you cannot take the seed of the word away when it fell on my heart because I immediately covered it up with thought and meditation. So you can't take it from me. David said the same thing. David, who also was not gonna let the devil take the seed away from his heart, but he was gonna cover it up so fast and it was gonna be so good for him he was going to take that seed as soon as it came and tuck it away, he said, and it was going to keep him from sinning against God. He said in Psalm 119.11, Psalm 119.11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He hid the word of God, and the devil was not going to devour it like a bird out of David's heart. And no one knew better than the Lord Jesus how the devil was right there like those great turkey vultures, like those birds and the Lord knew that the devil was like the birds, ready to devour the word right away when the word fell. So the Lord rushed in to say, don't you let the devil devour the word from your heart. Satan is all around you. Fight to keep the devil from devouring up the word. Good ground followers, he was calling out to. Cover up the word of God. Give it deep thought. Give it meditation. Don't leave that seed out where the birds are going to devour it. Sink it into your hearts. That's what he said. Sink it. He said in, in Luke 9.43, Luke 9.43, they were all amazed at the mighty power of God while they wondered everyone at all the things which Jesus did. He said to his disciples, let these sayings sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man shall be delivered from the hands of men. 
But if they understood not this saying, and it was hid from them, that they perceived it not, and they feared to ask him of that saying, then their reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest? Oh, that's a better subject. Which one's gonna be the greatest person here? Whatever. So instead of covering it up, what he had just said, the disciples decided to have a discussion about who's the greatest one among them. And the birds had a feast. You know, He saw the birds devouring up the seed that fell on the roads there, the roads that wouldn't open up themselves to hide the seed from being devoured. And the loss of the Lord, he saw those roadways. The Lord saw the hearts of some people who heard his word and just dismissed it for it. Not for me. No, thank you. That's for religious people. I'm not religious. And the Lord taught the people, don't be a roadway receiver of the word. And then maybe we can see the Lord then scanning in his mind further the hillsides around the shore, and he sees another type of ground that the seed follows, ground with rocks. This ground doesn't conceal the seed from the birds. I mean, it does conceal the seed from the birds, but because the seed falls between rocks when it goes on there. It falls between rocks, and the birds, they can't eat that. But the rocks can't grow the plants. Reminds me of the time when I had this brilliant idea that up on our Ramona ranch that we could have a big harvest of fruit if we planted 150 fruit trees all along the fence of the eight-acre ranch. So we plant and put in the irrigation, and then we watched and we waited for the, to grow, and years went by, and one by one, the tree died. And so of the 150 trees, we only ended up with 30 trees, and they weren't along the fence. What happened? Thin layer of dirt fooled us because we didn't see that we were planting on rocky ground. And that ground that we planted on, the trees was so rocky that they didn't have a chance and they died one by one. That's what the Lord saw in this second group. Group here that had this thin layer of soil. Look good. Look good to us. Look good to him. Look good. It looked like good to the sower. Looked like it was fertile ground. Just a thin layer of soil, and the seed didn't have a chance. And the Lord saw that, the Lord saw people that without any deep consideration of what he said, jumped in with a hearty, amen, preach it, yes, soul, they cry out. And as the Lord saw this rocky ground, the Lord saw the hearts of some people who tried to follow him, but they were short-term followers. He saw no meditation, he saw no deep thought about what he said, he saw no deep searching the scriptures for what he said for application. The ground was actually the same as the first ground, the rocky ground. It just had this little thin layer of soil over it, that was all. But both grounds couldn't support any growth. The rocks, they can't give any nutrients, they don't have any water. And these people with this light layer of soil, the appearance, they start out so promising, they're so excited at first. They're so enthusiastic, what time goes through, and their faith goes dead. So this initial great joy is actually a bad sign because it shows that you know there's no real deep sense of sin. There's no real deep sense of sorrow for their past. There's no real deep grasp of Christ as the Passover lamb. I mean, there's no real fixed heart, as David put it. Fixed heart when he said in, Psalm 57, 7, Psalm 57, 7, David said, my heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed, I will sing and give praise. He said in Psalm 112, 7, Psalm 112, 7, he shall not be afraid of evil, 
His heart is fixed trusting in the Lord. And the Lord wanted to cry out to the people, don't be a rocky ground follower. And then the Lord looked further and he could see on the hillside there, maybe we can imagine him seeing on the hillside just a patch of thorny ground, thorny ground. And there in that ground, there's no danger of the birds getting that seed. The birds have no interest in getting among the thorns to go get seed. The birds just leave the seed alone there. The devil hasn't, doesn't have to worry about the seed that falls there because, because the person will take care of the seed himself. The person's thorny ground will choke the seed. All the devil has to do is just throw more money, throw more distractions, throw more thorny seeds in that ground, and the Lord sees that. And the Lord sees that the seed is struggling because it wants to grow, it wants to produce fruit, It wants to reach for the sun, for the sky, and thrive, but it's held back. And here we can almost hear the seed crying out, the seed saying, help, I can't breathe. I'm being choked. Thorns have their hands around my throat, and I'm suffocating. And as the Lord sees that, he says to himself, I see some believers. I see some believers with the cares of this life. They've got properties. They've got possessions. It's choking them to death. I see some, they're trying to get rich in life. And they're like thorns, they're choking the seed, the saving seed of the word of God. And he speaks about thorns, which are a divided heart that's trying to serve two masters, God and mammon, God and money. And he talks about the deceitfulness of riches. He doesn't talk about riches themselves. He talks about the deceitfulness of riches. Like uh, 2 Thessalonians 2.10, 2 Thessalonians 2.10, with all deceivableness of righteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. He sees not riches, he sees the deceitfulness of riches. He sees not money, he sees the love of money. 1 Timothy 6.10, 1 Timothy 6.10. Not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So as the Lord saw this thorny ground that choked, the Lord saw the hearts of some people, just their hearts were polluted. They were polluted with anxieties over possessions and ambitions to get wealthy and it choked his word. It reminds me, we moved into our house and we wanted to plant a, a rose garden, but the ground had asparagus fern. Anybody know what asparagus fern is? It's satanic. That's what asparagus fern is. Asparagus fern chokes anything and everything. And so I tried to just, oh, that's no problem. I got the weed whacker out, cut it off. But it grew back because the roots had to be removed. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So that was the first and last time I ever did this. I dug the ground down 18 inches and sifted all the dirt with a screed. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but don't do it. I can tell you that. It's just awful. Oh, it was 34 years ago. And, uh, you know, it, dirt is very heavy. I don't know if you know that, but it's very, very heavy. It's a very terrible job. Anyway, but I did it. Pat myself on the back. Because today, there's not one asparagus fern growing in that ground. And that was 34 years ago. And if I didn't do that, those roses would have been choked And so the Lord is saying, don't be a thorny ground follower. 
And then the Lord looks up on those hills, on the hillsides before him, and he sees those beautiful rows of grain blowing in the wind. And the Lord said, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Beautiful, fruitful grain, good ground. He says, that good ground that produced that beautiful ground, the grain there, it was all prepared, was cleared of the thorns. Just look at it, he's thinking to himself. And he's looking at it, he says, I love it. He saw that grain and he saw the hearts of some believers and he said, yes, everybody, be a good ground follower. So he sees all this and he simply speaks in verse three. He says, behold, a sower went forth to sow. He sees it clearly. He sees the application of it crystal clear, but he just describes four types of ground. And he doesn't explain how those four types of ground are representing the four types of hearts the hard roadway ground heart, the shallow rocky ground heart, the thorny distracted ground heart, and the good ground heart. He doesn't say, he leaves off these adjectives that I just said, and the word heart, and he just describes the roadway ground, the rocky ground, the thorny ground, and the good ground. That's all he does. And he leaves it to the people to seek to know. He leaves it to the Spirit of God to reveal to the seekers. He's told a riddle. What he's really told here is a riddle. It's a riddle. It's like Solomon. He might as well have said, you know, or this all in the form of a riddle. He might as well have just said, what's harder than a roadway? What's shallower than a rocky ground? What's more choking than thorny ground? And what's more fertile than good ground? He might as well put it in a riddle form like that because he's waiting to see if anyone can solve the riddle because the right answer is, a hard heart is harder than a roadway. A non-thinking heart, a non-meditative heart is shallower than rocky ground. A distracted heart is more choking than thorny ground. And a receptive heart is more fertile than good ground. But he doesn't give the answer. He doesn't solve the riddle. He just puts forth the riddle when he says, Behold, a sower went forth to sow in verse 3. It's really a riddle. And he waits for the inquisitive souls to inquire what does this riddle mean? He waits for the Spirit of God to give them the answer. Like he's saying to them in Proverbs 123, Proverbs 123, turn you at my reproach. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. They can't solve the riddle on their own, but the Spirit of God, he's willing to pour out to them to make known his words. So he looks at the people and he says with a kind of a majestic elegance in verse three, behold, the sower went forth to sow. His riddle is really a sower went forth to sow. And at first about the sowing of the seed, no one knew. He's talking about men's hearts. They're like the soil. The men's hearts is like the soil that's capable of bearing fruit. It, no one knew He's that. It doesn't matter how much seed is thrown onto bad soils. It's not going to produce fruit. It doesn't matter how much the preacher preaches the word. It's the soil. The preacher still loves and, and wants more seed, more seed, more seed, and so does he. Even the hearers of Christ himself did not respond. Only one in four had fruit. But he knows that God's word, the seed, will never return void. It'll always go out there and do its purpose. It says in Isaiah 55, 11, Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my seed that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.